Hi, this is Jeff Ashton in Los Angeles, California, with Roy Cole in Jersey, New Jersey, and Derek Kessler in Yokohama, Japan. And this is part three of our discussion on the greatest superheroes of all time with special guest host, Drew. Let's move on to our number one choice, or in Drew's case, number three choice. Um, Drew? Saving the worst for last. Oh, yeah. you starting with me? I thought you were going to Roy. Oh, you go for, yeah, you, yeah, we're, doing, we're, doing, we're doing our last ones now. Uh, my number three, uh, to finish out the DC Comics trinity, would be Wonder Woman. Oh, and um, I think that she's actually, um, if Batman is kind of, a, you know, you're weighing on the, the principles of the intellectuals and the, and the people who have the resources and the finances to make change. And Superman's kind of like the everyman morality. Wonder Woman is an, an icon for our time that we haven't even really tapped into yet. She is a feminist. She is, uh, she is a diplomat. She's a warrior. She's queer. Um, and it's really interesting how you talk about sanitizing, the characters, or even I talked early on about how Batman's been sanitized in the way that he's been adapted for the last several decades in live action. But she's a character who came from an island of all women, not as, uh, oh, what a weird, funny thing. Like, can you imagine? It's like, no, that was intentional. Like the the author and creator of, of Wonder Woman was a, a sexual progressive, and he didn't didn't have any, he didn't have a lot of hangups about who people chose to love and how they chose to love. And um, he lived with two women in a polyamorous, very loving, uh, lasting relationship for all three of them. And uh, that character, the, the progressiveness of that character has survived some very dark times, not only for comics, but for the world. And it's just so interesting to me that she's just now starting to break out into live action and into our world in, in terms of pop culture. And yet we haven't really tapped into the depths of like freedom that she represents, you know, freedom, sexual freedom, uh, female liberation, uh, you know, people feeling right to do the right thing, despite, you know, uh, what we think as a progress in civilization is also a lot of bureaucracy and a lot of layers and layers and layers of conservatism. And, and I, I just sound a bit political, but it's, you know, I don't think there's any question you can look that there's a lot of change happening at a very rapid rate in our society. And I think she's a really great character that people could start latching onto and using as a flashlight uh, for both entertainment, but to discuss the parallel of, of some of these subjects we've yet to really break into that we need to uh, for the health of everyone. And um, she's, she kind of compliments Batman and Superman in different ways, whether you're reading her in a vacuum or you're reading her as part of a team. I mean, she carries like, she can carry a sword and a shield and she, she knows combat. Like um, I grabbed some of the old original forties comics, which, you know, by the way, just a, you know, uh caveat for everyone listening. There are some problematic uh, parts of those older stories. They're not all progressive all the time, but I mean, they had an issue where she fought in world war two and she's throwing tanks. And that is very rare for the forties. They were not very big on displaying popular characters fighting the actual war. And I don't know if that was more out of respecting the soldiers uh, and not trying to fantasize about the real sacrifices being made, you know, in the battlefield. But um, she's a take no prisoners kind of character if she has to be. 
And that is another element that survived all this time. And I find it really refreshing that you can put those characters together and they can draw each other in all these different ways. And much like I think our country has survived all this time because you have different people with different backgrounds and different beliefs that when you can come together and pull each other in different directions, the solution in the middle can maybe benefit everybody. And I, and, and that goes back to the diplomatic part of her character. She's acted as an ambassador to her own Island. And I mean, there's just a lot to dig into a lot to get out of that. And so it's always fun watching uh, whether it's the 1940s comics that are like on one hand, very of their time, but deeper than that, they're like, Whoa, boy, this was marketed to kids. That's something. And uh, then you have like the 70s stuff with Linda Carter, which is dated for the filmmaking, but I think for the earnestness of it holds up. And then you have the new feature films and it's, it's, it's a refreshing character to keep rediscovering through these yeah. mediums. I, I, I certainly enjoyed the, uh, the feature film that came out a couple of years ago and I'm looking forward to seeing the new one, uh, hopefully this year. I think, I think you're definitely right that she's, uh, even more relevant, uh, today, uh, as someone where someone, you know, that people can look up to as where we're going to be, um, well, like a hero for the, the times uh, of now. And, um, there's so much, there's just so much earnestness to her as well. And I think a lot of that is uh, due to, you know, what she was really intended for as, you know, a female superhero, but not her, fe- her being female is not the main point. Then again, it, it is a point that, you know, she can, she can, you know, throw blows with the best of them. And, uh, she's certainly someone that, uh, that I, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more adventures with, uh, hopefully in the next couple of years. Um, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I would argue that her being female is the point. And I think that, right. um, I think that Marcy- owned, <laughs> this is by the way i don't know if you know this roy just came back from the future he this is not actually roy from now he traveled back in time because he knew that was yeah. coming so right. he could own you in that moment uh right. roy you can return to the future now i get it you didn't trick me uh yeah. but right, uh, <laughs> but um but no it's i think that um marston the creator he knew that the, the importance of having diverse voices and that a male dominated society uh, which is lacking in a female voice, lacking in a female perspective is a self-destructive one. And right. um, that has unquestionably been present in films like uh, the recent Wonder Woman film. And I, I think now, especially now we can, that is, it is, it is, I would have a really hard time keeping a straight face, listening to someone tell me that we don't need women in leadership positions right now um, mm. or more women anyway. Right. No, I think it was a great choice. I, it's funny, your your top three was Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. That is definitely the holy trinity of DC, for sure. I didn't intend uh, to do Aquaman. that. Yeah, Aquaman? Oh. Yeah. Hey, is, uh, uh, Wonder Woman's, uh, her ship is invisible, right? Her, her plane. Her, plane, uh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Is she invisible when she's in the plane, or is it just the plane that's invisible? I do don't... I don't know because I feel like that goes back and forth depending on who's doing it. Cause like, I know in the seventies show they she's visible through it and you're like, okay, so I guess it's helpful when you're not in it and you need to park it. But then like, wouldn't somebody hit it with their car or another plane if they don't know where yeah. it is? Like that seems to be troubling. So there's no benefit. 
and then and then the, and then and then the best thing is is if you can find I don't know if you can find this on YouTube it's amazing. So they did like a really expensive I don't know if expensive but they did a complicated composite shot for the pilot where she's in it so that you can see her inside the plane. But then as the as the series went on I'm pretty sure it's like a Barbie doll inside of a plastic see-through plane. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'll have to check that out. Oh my god. Well, I, I think they're all great choices. I'm curious to hear what uh, Roy your number one choice is. I thought I could have sworn you were going to go with Dick Tracy because of our conversation. Well, I would have, but he, I don't think he's a superhero. He's just yeah, a detective. That's true. That's with true. A cool watch. I would have backed you up. I would have backed I would, you. Yeah. I would have backed you. Yeah, up. I could have yeah. gone with. All right, honorable well, mention for Dick Tracy is my favorite um, kind of traditional comic book movie. Yeah, that movie is rad. That movie is amazing. All right. Well, for my choice, I I have to go with my gut, and unfortunately, you know, Drew had already mentioned this character earlier, but. And even though he went with his first choice earlier, I'm not, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal, yes. Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler is my super. <laughs> no, um, but in a sense, kind of similar. No, I'm just kidding. No, my favorite, my favorite one, of course, is Batman. And the reason why I love Batman so much is uh, I just love the idea of somebody who uh, doesn't have powers but uses his wits and his intelli- his wits, his intelligence, his cunning, his skill his abilities and uses it for the good of humanity in the way he sees it. Of course, you know, I would not recommend, you know, dressing up in an outfit and trying to fight crime, but the idea of somebody, you know, being the ultimate philanthropist, uh, going out there and trying to improve his city by getting rid of the criminal element and fixing a system that you know is, is broken is something I think that a lot of people can uh, attest to in their, in their, in their wildest dreams. They would love to, have that ability to do those kind of things. Of course, I've loved pretty much all. Well, I can't say I've loved all the Batman films. That's that's that would be wrong. Um, <laughs> I, of course, I love the original Batman film. Not original. Just the original. The 1989 film, of course, by Tim Burton. Uh, less so the sequels that follow after that. Uh, I did like the uh, Batman Begins, um, and I I enjoy that character when it's played for um, the sincerity and the seriousness of what he's trying to do. And I think those two films really capture the Batman character the best. Of course, Michael Keaton's portrayal, and then, of course, Christian Bale's portrayal without the gravelly... I know he had the criticism for the gravelly voice, but I felt like I could see someone who was young trying to intimidate people using that kind of voice. So it kind of made sense for me, even though it was hard to understand him at times. But... um, no, I just love that character, and I love what the character's about, and I, I like the interpretations of the character. I love the 60s version. Uh, I love this, the show from the 60s. I like the do-gooder who doesn't have powers, but is doing his, doing his best to try to make things better in the world. Number one. What do you I, think of uh, Val Kilmer, Batman? Uh, I would say that in terms of the character, I'm not talking about the movie so much, I felt like his portrayal was interesting but not as interesting as it could have been considering what that movie was originally going to be. There was, there were going to be more, more backstory about why he decided to become Batman. So as it is, I'd say he's fine, but I, I, I appreciated, I, I didn't think he was uh, as interesting of course as the Keaton uh, Batman. Drew, you I, have to- I would say Keaton underplayed batman in a similar way to christopher reeve underplaying superman i think that's what grounded those performances but yeah, i could see that yeah uh, val kilmer i thought made a better batman than a bruce wayne um okay. I thought bruce wayne came off as like 
too intense and almost James Bond like. Mm-hmm. And I think that George Clooney was like a better Bruce Wayne than Batman. I thought he was a terrible Batman, if that makes yeah. sense. Like sometimes they you can tell where they're comfortable in or out of the costume. Right. Um, but uh I also want to throw it out there if, if neither of you have checked it out yet. Uh, Batman, I think it's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Batman <laughs> versus Batman. It's right. like an animated film is awesome. And yeah. if you like the Turtles characters at all or the 1990 movie or the cartoons, um, it's a pretty cool mix and match of both of those things. Just want cool. to say. Well, I, I, I love Batman, so I'll probably end up checking it out. Um, and I just... I feel like that character, like I said, it just it just there's something very interesting about that type of person and that personality, and uh, I'm sure we have a lot more incarnations of that character to come. So keep them coming, Hollywood. And uh, if Derek were here, he would point out that Michael Keaton is also great in the movie Multiplicity, <laughs> which I know that Derek really enjoys. Uh, yeah, a movie of <laughs> very little acclaim, uh, but which he is a big fan of. Drew, we're gonna have to have you back on. We need to have an intervention with Derek because he also really loves the movie Clifford. You have to like get it out of him that that movie is not good. So- I'm I'm honestly I'm cowardly because I'm too afraid to even approach that movie. That movie looks like you're talking about. You're not talking about the dog. You're talking about Martin Short. The Martin Short right. movie with Charles Grodin. That Derek's oh. one of the. I don't oh, understand no. his love for that movie. Oh no. <laughs> I know. I that's that sounds like a real problem. That like, yeah. there, there those Dr. are the two movies Peter. that I know Derek loves is Clifford and Multiplicity. I actually don't know what other movies he likes. Maybe he likes there. maybe he likes Clifford from like a Schadenfreude thing where he knows it hurts other people or scares <laughs> other people. And I don't know. No, he was talking about it in an <laughs> earlier <laughs> podcast. Like he says it's like uproariously funny. I don't have no idea. Anyway, well, I, I would say that I really appreciated this discussion about superheroes. I, I'm glad to hear that we had so many different types of superheroes, and uh, and I'm glad to discuss them. Look forward to seeing any of the films that that we discussed again, actually, or or in the future, especially that Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Wait, does um, Batman fight the Ninja Turtles in that movie, or does he team yes, up with them? He yeah. does. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right, so I wonder. I w- see, now I would think because uh, there's four of them, four Ninja Turtles, and one of Batman. So I would think the Ninja Turtles would have a huge advantage, not unless even they just fight him like one on one. You know, yes. like, taking their turns. But, yes, uh, all the way back to the beginning. I think they, <laughs> I think they, they approached it like the Blade Vampire Henchmen, and I think that was a big mistake. <laughs> you gotta stop doing that, guys. Come on, get with the program. <laughs> My recommendation for this week is a movie called Big Night. It was directed by Campbell Scott and Stanley Tucci and also written by Stanley Tucci and Joseph Tropiano. It's about two Italian immigrant brothers uh, who own a, a restaurant called Paradise and the restaurant is failing. And a rival restaurateur played by the now late Ian Holm, may he rest in peace, he offers uh, them an op- He offers to call Louis Prima, who is a uh, famous jazz musician and performer, come to their establishment to help revitalize their business. So what, what's fun about this movie is the food. Uh, if you love food, especially Italian food, like myself, uh, this movie is quite a treat. You'll, you'll uh, really enjoy like the preparation of food and uh, the, the, uh, the getting the, the fun of the movie really is the preparation for the big night, of course, the title of the film. 
where they prepare all the food and they th things happen uh, at when the night comes. And what happens is pretty amazing. And at the end of the movie, I don't want to spoil it, but what's so amazing is after everything that's gone through the movie, the end is completely done without dialogue. And you can definitely see the, the, the two main characters coming to terms with each other. And it's done simply through making an omelet. And I'll just leave it at that. I recommend it if you, like I said, if you love food movies, this one is definitely behind your list. And uh, if you love Stanley Tucci, then, you know, check it out. Uh, I'll, I'll add another a little tidbit to that. Stanley Tucci published, uh, 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 I think, a number of his family recipes in a cookbook. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah, so he's become a little bit more known for that side of his interest in artistry. So if anyone out there is interested, check it out. Yeah, if you love food and movies and food movies, this is where I would I would. Uh, if, if, you, if you feel the need to eat sustenance in order to survive, this might follow your interests. <laughs> what are What are some other well known food movies that you enjoy? Oh, oh Chef! Oh, chef. Chef. yeah, oh, yeah. John Favreau. I, 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 I'm sorry, Jeff. You were saying? Yeah. No, no, no. I was gonna say like Water for Chocolate and Tempopo. Do you ever see that? I've heard uh, of it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Chef is also high on my list too. Chef Chef is the most food pornographic movie I've ever seen. Like <laughs> I was so anxious to eat the food from that movie after I saw it in theaters that we ran over to um uh was it La Bamba Cafe in mm. uh in, in Burbank? Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah. Is that the Cuban place. Went there, we ordered all like as much of the food that we could remember from the movie as possible. And no joke, the table across from us was the people behind us in the same from the same movie screening. Oh, that's awesome. So the movie would just like program you, go get Cuban food right now. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Let us know what those topics you want us to cover by sending us a message at coast to coast to coast podcast at gmail.com. That's coast the number two, coast the number two, and then coast podcast at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts and your comments, your ideas about who do you think the best superhero of all time is, or if you have a food movie that you wanted to wanted to see. Or if you have affection for the Toxic Crusader. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.